Welcome to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I've seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and I'm experiencing these episodes for the very first time. And today we are reviewing season two, episode two, Chaos Theory, original air date, October 4th, 2001. Director is Kenneth Fink. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker, Eli Talbert, and Josh Berman. And we open this episode, un- unsurprisingly, with shots of the Vegas Strip, but also with some fireworks. Yeah, we have Woo. pretty good Vegas score. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, because we stayed on the Vegas Strip for a decent a amount of time. So I was like, oh, yeah. this is going to help the score go up. Yeah, well, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but the other part of the new LV score, as I'm starting to, <laughs> as I'm going to call it, is that I also count inter-episode Vegas shots. I don't think you mentioned that in the last yeah. episode. I don't think so. And there is like an additional, so but the opening scene is two shots, 12 seconds, which is pretty long by recent episode standards. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one additional shot for like three seconds somewhere in the middle of the episode. Okay. So it all combines together and they get 24 points out of a possible 55. All and right. so we're not quite at the halfway on the LV mark. but Yeah, yeah. But we're, I mean, we're inching, yeah, we're inching in the right direction. Yeah, I would call that a respectable Las Vegas score. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go into a bathroom. We follow a girl in a towel through a dorm for a little while. We see, you know, a bunch of other kids, college students. Very gratuitous, like early 2000s college movie vibes. Yes. A hundred percent. Like why do we we start this episode in the girl's bathroom? This is not, this is not the victim. This is like, she, she plays no role in the episode from here on out. And after kind of following a few different groups of students, we end up at room 410 and there's a girl looking out the window. It's raining. There's luggage. You know, you can kind of tell that her room has been packed up. She gets a phone call. Her taxi's waiting outside. So she's like, yeah, I'll be right down. So I have to give some shout out to the scene because spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's a lot of things that happen in this episode that they set up for in yes. this in this scene. And I was pleasantly surprised and it definitely like bumped up what I think the quality episode is. So the first is that they pan to look at her suitcases, but very prominently in the background is her trash bin. Which, spoiler alert, plays one of the most mm-hmm. major roles in this episode yep. by the time we get to the end of this episode. And it's absolutely <laughs> full of trash. And she and she's you think she's looking at her suitcase, but I think she's meant to be looking, looking at the trash. At the trash bin. Yeah. And then she walks over and puts her jacket on. And only yep. after she started putting her jacket on did she get a phone call that her cab is downstairs. Yes. She replies that she was actually putting her jacket on to before take the trash she got the, out. Yeah, before, before she got the phone call. Yeah, before her cab got there. Previously, yep. she was looking at the window waiting for the cab to show up. Yeah. And so I was like, I didn't – You. they do such a good job of it. You're not supposed to think anything's out of the ordinary. Right. But now that having watched the show and gone back and rewatched the show, it's incredibly clever and well put together scene. This is definitely – a very good episode to watch twice. Even if you're yeah. even if you're not recording a podcast, this is a very good episode to watch through twice. Which I don't say that about too many episodes, but to this point, there's a lot of things that you're that you pick up on on your second watch through that you don't on the first. So and they're not all positive. I have some no, uh, yeah, some I have later a, gripes. Yep, I same. So we'll we'll get there. We then have cops arriving at the dorm. Jim Brass is walking with Grissom. The missing person is Paige Rykoff. Uh, she is a dropout. Like she was supposed to be leaving college to go back home. 
but she's been missing for four days, which long I don't time. Know, a long time. And I don't know, like I'm a true crime person. I'm deaf. I'm, you know, one of those basic people that loves their true crime. And I love the first 48 and it's really difficult to solve a crime after the first 48 hours. Like your, your solve rate nosedives if you don't have like a suspect yeah. in the first 48 hours. So and they've alluded to that in some other, other episode, crate and burial or something. Yes. Right. Yes. When that woman was quote unquote missing, which yeah. she did sort of end up being missing. But, and so they go into the dorm room, they go into room 410. Grissom asks everyone to leave. They do. Jim Brass stays, though. And Grissom is noticing that there's no signs of struggle in the room. The room looks fine. Looks clean. I mean, the luggage yeah. is there. Like, that's weird. Like, why is her luggage here and she's not here? But there's no and signs of a struggle. It's orderly. Like, no one's rifled through her bags. Right. Right. And Grissom also learns that the door auto-locks behind you. And there was no key in her luggage, which yep. would suggest that she had the key on her. So why didn't she come back into her room? It's not like she didn't yeah, have she the key to get lock, back into her room. Something like she locked herself out. Right. Like she forgot her luggage, should have come back. Something happened in the interceding time or something. Right. Right. So this brings us to credits. We then have Warwick and Grissom at the entrance of the college or one of the entrances of the, of the dorm. And this is where we learn. And I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this. This is where we learn that there's a lot of cameras. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the episode, there's kind of like a fading or not fading, but there's like a transition from seeing the cast and seeing people on camera to then seeing them clearly in the scene. Yep. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, this is a different direction than we've really seen before in the show. Yeah. I mean, obviously the cameras weren't that good. They, little tv magic happening here but uh, i know i was gonna say i was watching this and i was like there's no way these security cameras are this clear in 2000 yeah. like in early yeah. 2000 i was like there's no way these cameras but are this good this is this is i think maybe a year before i guess i started college unless it's or t- 2001 so like the the fact that like that, that's exactly what existed in the freshman dorms at my school where everyone had to badge in and to badge yeah, out security yeah. guard the door. Yeah. Everyone was on camera. I think they even had metal detectors. I went to a very loosey goosey school. I think yeah. <laughs> we had badges to get in and that was about it. <laughs> well, this is like, I and I lived the, in the dorm that like they would just keep the, one of the doors yeah. to our building propped open. And so people could just come and go as they yeah. wanted to. So yeah. we both went to state schools, the we same state the state schools. In the same I just state, think, but... I just think it's the age in which they got around to updating each individual. Cause I don't think that was true of any other building, by the way, it was only the freshman dorms. Oh, that had all this. see, that was funny. Cause like in our, at our college, the freshman dorms were the super, super old ones. Yeah. And it was like, you got the nicer, newer dorms as you got, Older yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, they through they had college. renovated this dorm entrance. Oh, mine, mine had not been. Yeah. I mean, mine, my dorm was like straight from the sixties or seventies and yeah, yeah. had not been renovated. Yeah, it was, it was the most, one of the most brutalist architecture uh, colleges <laughs> yeah, true. makes you feel like you're living in a dystopian society. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love that campus. I was out there. It is um, a fun. It is like I think it grows on you, but it's there's a lot of space. It has a lot of yeah, space. It has a lot of angle, sharp angles, mm-hmm. a lot of concrete, a lot of cement. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, it's probably a UNESCO World Heritage site by now. Yeah, probably. So Sarah arrives 
she lets them know the scent dogs are on their way. Then we go to Catherine and Nick. They're talking about how long it's going to take to get the interviews of everybody who lived on the dorm because there's so many people who live in the dorm. Grissom, though, asks Nick to review the video. He wants Nick on the video, the security yep. footage. Then Grissom and Sarah are in room 410. And Grissom again, just tasting stuff, just putting stuff in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Like, there's like a little smudge on the, the wall. And he... <laughs> He moops it and then puts it in his mouth and he's like, ooh, minty. And Sarah's like, yeah, it's an old trick. You know, it's an old college trick to, you know, if you hang posters and you make holes in the wall, you use toothpaste mm-hmm. to fill in the holes was, so you get your gum. security deposit back. At first. At the, oh, oh, God. He's like, oh, minty. He's like, oh, it's going to be like chewing gum. Yeah. Toothpaste. But also, what's the point of wearing um, gloves if you're going to lick them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> now you're contaminating now you're everything. Contaminating you everything. I know. I know. It was just gross. As, as we talked about in the last episode, don't put the don't pick things up from the ground, lick them and put them in your eyeball. Don't lick random substances that you find, you know, on walls. At a San, Sanders could add a DNA match for a five foot eleven workaholic. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good lie. So later on, scene reference. Yes, Greg noticed. Uh, Greg, now now you said Greg. Now it's in my brain. Grissom notices a void, and they think maybe it's from an area rug. Which this sort of comes back later, but not really. They never actually explain what happens to her. Yes, rug. yes, I had this in my notes. I was like, wait, so weird. They talk about what happens to a rug, but not her rug specifically. So the first time I watched this episode, I thought the implication was that they stole her rug. Yes, but it's not. But that's not what he said. That's not what when happens. I watched it a second time. I was like, oh no, that's not what he said. No, he, said he they stole the common room rug. So they never explained where her rug went. No, they they bring this up and then it just never. Yep. never really comes up again so this is definitely a one of the, I mean, she could the strings have given it, you know you're leaving campus you give somebody your stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. it's totally plausible maybe that's a deleted scene but also i just want to take a moment to shame grissom oh, okay you were in this room earlier on a whole nother day yes. you're in a missing person case time is the essence you didn't notice there was a missing area rug yeah then it was really obvious yeah, you made you, ev- you made everybody leave the room because like you needed silence and you needed stillness to do this inspection and he didn't notice it then that's a good point i didn't catch that so yeah i when i read well when i rewatched it i realized oh wait the finding the missing rug thing wasn't in the first time he was in the room yeah what is it? yeah no it's and later I, and it's i was later. like oh yeah that's a big deal mm-hmm. so then we go to Catherine and work they're in the hallway Catherine's all strapped up to go down the trash chute because they're thinking maybe someone murdered Paige and threw her body yep. down the trash chute and that's how they disposed of the that's body weird scene it's a very weird scene so this is this is another good one this is a this is another one that plays a very big role later on the episode they make a very quick comment about how the door down to the chute is like a little snappy like it like I, snaps back into place i saw this the first time and i thought they were trying to like allude to Catherine being afraid of heights or something yeah, no. This is <laughs> like this... like she was uncomfortable and she was being weird and she didn't really want to do it. And I went, "This is a really weird new arc for Catherine's story." That yeah, 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 yeah. Who who actually her whole she has like a very new look. She's very glammed up. Yes, episode, yeah, she is very glammed in this episode. I thought she was a new character the first. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who is this? Woman? I was like, who's this person? And I was like, wait. And then she started talking. I went, oh. Like, oh, it's Catherine. Nope, that's a normal character. I should totally yeah. know and recognize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we did get through a whole season. So <laughs> this this is season two of CSI. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a great time to introduce a new character. Yeah. So 
we then move to Nick with the like video guy, security guy, video security guy. The security the guard really loves his job. He loves his job. He knows so much about how security but cameras here's, work. Here's a fun spoiler because it doesn't like spoil any storylines. This person ends up becoming, and I don't know if they like reference that he worked here or if he's supposed to be a different character, but this guy ends up being a regular on the show as the video guy in the crime lab. Oh, really? Yes. Was he supposed to be in the crime lab? No, 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 no. He Because oh. he has two credits for CSI under his IMDb because he's this character and then he ends up being the video guy at the crime lab. Later on. Oh, he's M. Blaze after being campus security tech. Yep. So that's the, this is the one we're watching. He's campus security. And then he ends up being like the regular for, video. For a second, I thought you were gonna you were gonna have a spot the guest star. I have a spot the guest star, but this is not. Oh, the I spot do the too. Guest star. I hope. Oh, it's the same all person. right. Well, we'll find out if it's the same person or not. Oh. And I thought it was quite obscure, so I'd be, I'm really interested to know where you're going from. That'll be. It'll if it's the same one, I'm gonna be really excited. So this is where we see the camera being covered. So the camera, like in her hallway, yep. being covered, and we also Nick also sees in the footage that the person had to like push off the wall to cover the camera. So he's like, Oh sweet Prince, because the suspect had to put his hand on the wall to then like lean up and cover the camera. This is really a very big, like teenage boy thing to do. Yes. Like it'd be really cool. I'm going to bounce off the wall. Parkour. Yeah. We then go to Catherine. She's in the shoot. Work is like on a radio where they're just talking. I can't tell if he's like, they're on a radio or they're just talking through the shoot. I can't quite, I don't. I think they're supposed to be on a radio. I think they're supposed to be on a radio. So Catherine finds a red substance. There's a moment where we're like, oh, goodness, blood. She also is like, let's taste things. In a trash chute. In a trash chute. What are you doing? Did you have any of that liquid you could spray? What (laughs) is happening? You have luminol? It's pizza. It's pizza sauce. Don't worry about it. it, It's definitely not pizza pizza sauce, sauce, by the way. It does not look like pizza sauce at all. It's like red latex paint. Yes. But it's supposed to be pizza, quote unquote, pizza sauce. And then... She gets down to, you know, the bot. She gets through all the way through the shoot. You know, they don't find anything else of substance in the in the shoot. And we also realize that the dogs are also chasing their tails. Like the dogs, the scent dogs are just kind of like little, not sure where to go. They're I didn't confused. Like, that was like one of my least favorite lines. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It like, oh, the so, dogs are so also chasing jokey. their tails. Yeah, it did. It was very damn tricky. Sarah is then in room 410. She's scanning it. And she finds a spot on the mattress. Which this becomes very important, not technically to the page storyline, but it opens up a whole other storyline. She draws this like really careful, but obviously way too large circle. Yes, around the spot. And so Nick finds a handprint on the wall. So he goes to where the camera, you know, was angled and he kind of finds the spot and he's like misting it and he finds what, a hand do you know what that mist thing was i have no idea what that mist. Oh, thing. Okay. i don't think i i don't think we ever see that thing again i was gonna say i don't think we've seen it before it i don't think we've seen it before the... and i don't i don't think we ever see it again there was like a box with mist for the pill bottle that they do uh, that a, la- they, last they, episode they do that a lot they do the like put it in a box and fume it and but I've never seen the like portable misting. Me, and I don't think we ever see it again. And give me real song screwdriver vibes. Ooh. Good callback. I want I gotta I wanna watch the uh the holiday episode. The holiday episode, yeah. So Sarah then walks up to Nick, 
she says that she found, you know, DNA, blood, semen, you know, in this spot in the mattress. So she needs to get that tested. And then, Did they celebrate this a little too much? Yeah, it was a little awkward. They were like, yeah, DNA and, and fingerprints. And it's like, this this girl's still missing. Guys. It's like setting like, them up and knocking them down or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, there's was, a missing human being. Yeah, they, they were, I agree. They were probably not the most professional in this, in this one. So we then go to Grissom and we kind of hear muffled voices. And then they come into focus and it ends up being... Paige's parents, and this is my spot. The guest star oh. is the father. Okay, I know the not father. Mine. The father is a one Garrett M. Brown, and it took me a little while because I was like, I know him, and I was like, and like, obviously I know him from this because I've seen it three or four times. But I was like, I know him from somewhere else. I did, I did deep dive into his IMDb, and then I was like, that's where I know him from. He is. Did you ever watch the show Roswell? No, but I know what it is. Okay, so I he is many the, on the he CW, is the WB world. he is the adoptive father of two of the aliens. So right. him and his wife like adopted two of the aliens, obviously not knowing they were aliens. And like he was in like a bunch them. of episodes. And... Yeah, he was in like twenty episodes or thirty episodes or something like that. So that is where I know him from, and that is my spot for this star is Garrett and Brown, who plays Mr. Rykoff in this episode. But I know him as Mr. I think it's Evans. I think it's Mr. Evans in Roswell. There are quite a few people in this episode who I was like, is this a person I should know? And they looked yes, at it from I, had a few, I had a few others that I was like, maybe. And then I was like, mm, I don't think so. This one, I was like, no, I do know him from somewhere else. And so this yeah. is my spot, the guest. Including uh, the one of the main suspects in this episode. Who I was just like, do I know this guy? Oh, the professor? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and I was like, I looked at his picture and I was like, I don't think I know him from anywhere. And this, He's this, been in things, but I don't know him. Yet. Yeah, you don't know him. Yeah. And this is, def- this is at least for me, this is definitely an episode that just shows that like Grissom is not a people person and is just horribly awkward and doesn't know how to converse. Because Actually, obviously the parents are like super upset. They're like looking for reassurance. And he's basically like, the only thing you have is evidence. So like, give me some space to think. Yeah. I was thinking that like, Grissom, like classic Grissom, geez. not super smooth, but also like, is this just a, is it, are we playing catch the audience up again? Right. Mm, New season. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we need to have some good, like reestablished Grissom. Yeah. He's yeah. not good with people kind of run into this again at the end with the sort of outro scene yeah. with Catherine has to sort of explain how people are to Grissom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, they did, they really seem to want to hit him in a few different ways this episode yeah yeah so we then go to grissom watching the footage Catherine enters this is where the like 511 workaholic line yes comes from and they see in the footage like in because there's like a tiny little bit of it that's not covered up from when it was like covered you can see like a little sliver of the screen still so they see something being carried and they think it's a rug and they're like oh Rug missing from her room, rug being carried out. That's how she was transported out of the, you know, out of the dorm without anybody knowing. I I have a big, big uh, gripe of this scene because they seem to have so many cameras. So Did many you not cameras. check for someone carrying a rug through the rest yeah, of the building? The rest of it, right. It's not they going covered, in a garbage they covered, suit. They covered one camera. Yeah. There's four cameras on every level. 
Or do they cover every single camera, right? And then yeah, at least yeah, yeah. maybe you'll get something on one of those side cuts or one of those. They kind of gloss over that. And I was they like, yeah. that's probably the biggest evidence drop. Yeah. Like when they ignore a piece of evidence for the yeah, narrative yeah. Yeah. in this whole episode. Nick then arrives. He comes into the room and he lets them know that he got an ID from his handprint. So they they know who covered the camera. This brings us to Grissom and Nick with said suspect, Henry. And this is where we learn that they stole furniture. They covered the cameras because it was like a pledge prank and they were just yeah. stealing furniture. But not furniture from her room. So we still have no idea what yeah. happened to her rug. Yeah, the they rug stole it from a common floor. area in her floor. floor. Yeah. But nothing from her room. So her missing rug is just a, a missing rug and we never ever come back to it. And... He does admit that he knows Paige. They dated a few times. He tries to play it off like, oh, she's not my type. And Nick's like, she dumped you. Like, get over it. But he's, you know, adamant that he has nothing to do with it and actually said that, you know, she was dating another guy who was more mature than him. And that's what kind of ended there. I think they were trying to set up. Like, that's the line they were trying to set up the whole. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, this was definitely a setup to one of our major suspects of of the episode. So they realize this is a dead end. We have a brief scene with the parents. They're on a newscast, you know, kind of answering questions about Paige. Sarah walks up to Grissom, lets him know that she needs him in the lab. This is where we learn that the blood that she collected from the dorm room is not Paige's, but the blood... She ran a toxicology report on the blood and it has the date rate drug Rohypnol in it. So Sarah is saying that there now there might be two victims, right? Because the blood is not pages, but the blood has traces of or evidence of a date rate drug in it. So now Sarah is thinking that they have, you know, the missing person case of Paige, but they also have a rape victim from this blood sample that she collected at the scene i have a question yes do they not know whose bed is whose evidently not but oh shit well i mean to be fair the guy carried her spoiler alert the guy carries her in so it could have been on either one of their beds yeah that's true that's true also weird that he carried her back to her her room room? yes yeah i would yeah one would think that yeah it's it's weird so we then go to Nick and Catherine watching footage of the, they basically get confirmation that the furniture was moved into, there was like a van or like a bigger vehicle waiting outside and the, you know, the, the frat bros brought the furniture out and like we're loading it in. I think I missed that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty quick. And then Catherine is letting Nick's kind of like, I'm done with the footage. And yeah, Catherine's I like, go back to the field. Yeah. And Catherine's like, this is the only witness we have. Like you, you have to stay on this footage and you have to watch it further. We then have Jim Brass, Grissom and Sarah at the roommates. So Paige's roommates, parents house. And this is where we learn that she didn't report the rape. So she did, she, you know, lets them know that she was raped that, but she didn't report it. And, she can't remember the rapist, which is very common with this date rape drug. Because they're saying like, well, who is it? Because maybe this person also ended up hurting Paige. And she's like, I wish I could tell you, but I, I can't. So this is my spot the guest star. Is her? Okay. I, I felt like maybe I knew her from somewhere. And then I was like, no, I don't think I do. So I know this person because they were on most of 
the Flash TV show. They oh, play okay. the girlfriend of one of the main character's dad, and they're in a bunch of episodes, and oh, okay. know, eventually know the secret identity and are on the team and all that jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I checked it. There's like 120 episodes of the Flash. Oh, jeez. And so, uh, well, that show is on for like 10 years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But people are much, so her name is Danielle Nicolette. People are much more likely to know her from the hit Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart T movie. No, not the one you're thinking of. The, the other one. No, not that one. The other one. Central Intelligence. Oh, I, I don't even know that movie. <laughs> Which, on the list of movies they've been in together, is pretty close to the bottom. I was going to say, I was like, I've never even heard of that movie. And not that I'm a movie buff by any stretch of the imagination, so... I have definitely heard of it. I have definitely also not seen it, so I didn't know if she was even in it. Yeah. So I also have no idea how big of a part she played. Yeah. But she is like the third build person, so presumably. Okay, okay. I think she's probably Kevin Hart's wife in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense. All right, so sweet. We have two, two spot the guest stars. Yeah. So we learned that her drink, you know, this happened oh. at a floor party. Also, no tapes from that day? Evidently not. No. <laughs> okay. That was also my note. That right after my yeah, spot, yeah. the guest star note. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. They're, they're, I mean, to be they're, fair, they probably do like... Record over them. Record over them at some point. So they probably do only have like a week or two weeks or something like that worth of footage before they Especially just... Especially in such high quality. Yes. You know, such, I mean, really expensive up, tapes. Yeah, it's really expensive tapes. They got to reuse those tapes. So we then have Grissom, Sarah, and Warwick in the elevator. And we're... They're, I don't want to say scheming, but they're kind of scheming of how to get DNA from the guys who live on the floor because now they're like well we gotta like you know so i think sarah and warwick are kind of like well why like why is this rapist gonna give up their dna but they are positioning the collection of dna to help find Paige. yep but if they give up their dna willingly they can use it for whatever purpose they want so you know it's really they sad. can tell you what why they're collecting it but that but if you willingly give it up, then they can just use it however they want to use it. What's really sad is I a thousand percent think this is a super realistic. Like, I think that somebody who drugged and raped, I assume probably not even just only one girl yeah. in the entire dorm. Yeah. Probably thinks like he's so untouchable. Yeah. That he's not worried about and, it. And that like he wouldn't be like, well, they wouldn't be like, A, wouldn't be keeping track. B, wouldn't be like thinking that they're coming after him. Yeah. And so if anything, they would just want to draw the least amount of attention to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So they swab Sarah's swabbing. And then we go to Greg Sanders processing the swab samples and they narrow it down to one suspect. Bum, bum, Mark McGuire. Yes. Mark McGuire. Yes, it does. I mean, this transitions us That's to a real time of the error. Yes, it is. To... Cause Younger listeners are probably like, who? And especially our, we do have some international listeners are also like, what? But, especially when drugs are, when illegal drugging of humans is involved. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, that transitions us to Jim Brass, Grissom, and Warwick at a ball field. And they confront Kevin, who they say can, assaulted Jennifer Riggs. He doesn't really, de- he does deny it at first. And then he sort of like, he doesn't admit to it, but he like, sort of cops to it in a way but as far as page goes he wasn't in town he there was they were you know three game ball road games. trip or something yeah in fresno and they do confirm this but they do arrest him for the drug the drugging and raping of jennifer Riggs. so hopefully 
I mean, in our country, he probably will see no time. They'll give him a nice little pat and tell him to not do it again and, and release him. But, you know, at least he got arrested. Well, I mean, someone's going to play baseball. Someone's going to play baseball. So we go back to Catherine and Nick reviewing the tape. And Nick has realized that in the section of the tape, there's this one car that circled the area of Paige's uh, dorm six times. And they, again, kind of true crime fanatic. And I don't know where I learned this. And hopefully this is correct. I'm going to like state this as it's as if it's fact. And then someone's going to be like, that's not true. But from what I've been told, you can't, whatever the quality of the footage is, you can't focus it better. So they do this mm-hmm. thing where like, is there something hanging off of like the, the mirror? And then yeah. they like, they cut in and then they like super clear up the image. Like they it goes from being like super grainy and you can't see anything to like being able to tell that it's like a parking placard. From what I've been told, this is not possible. Like you can't clear up. So like a video. So here's, here's science with Nick moment. Yes. Uh, first of the season. Ooh, first of the season. First of the season. Science with Nick. So I have to give some credit to this episode because I was going to lose it. It, After she said zoom, she said enhance. Cause that's usually the, the TV trip zoom and enhance. Yeah. So you can blow it up. And you can change the contrast, which is, I think, what they were doing in this episode. Oh, okay. So they made they it weren't... bigger so you can kind of... Cause, yeah, they, that, they didn't that part is anything. fine. They didn't really read anything. Play the contrast. Nowadays, so you can't get any information that is lost. But computers nowadays, just like any other form of machine-assisted information or knowledge... There's a lot of, like, really interesting... Like, if you ever take a photo with your phone and then, be like hit the enhance button and it like looks so much better. They do a lot of what they call edge detection. Uh, so, okay. so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so like the, the, they take the pixels and they're like, if they're a little blurry, they straighten them up, make a nice clean edge. And that can often make it easier for you to read text. So like, I've like, I had a thing where someone had a sticker in the back of their car and we took a picture of it and like looking at my phone, I couldn't see it. I could never have read it. Yeah, yeah. When I when I zoomed in on my phone, it just made it take up more space. Now my brain has more can take yeah. more of that information and deal with it. So there's some truth to that, but in a much more modern sense at this time, you know, other than just blowing it up and making it larger, which is some of what they did, right? It was a tiny little area on yeah, their yeah. on their CRT TV screen, and then they made it take up the whole thing. Right. And so now they could say, okay, yeah, that's some kind of placard park and then they do the negative by doing like the contrast thing now they can read the text a little bit better and then they're like oh that's like a parking pass but they didn't do they didn't do that thing where they're like oh and the parking pass number is is six four five three and now we're just gonna go look up who that person is yeah yeah, yeah. and so i gotta they, they didn't really do the crazy version of this so i i can't i gotta give them points for that but yeah you are absolutely correct in a very basic sense that like there's not there's no hidden information that you can ever. There's anytime you get the zoom in, then enhance. That's yeah. nonsense. Yeah. There's a little bit of like crispness and quality and light balancing, but most of the time when you see that in your camera, it's actually does that by taking like ten photos, yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. and then the using the combination to, of information yeah, yeah, across yeah. those ten photos yeah, yeah. to like to like cram it all into one and give you a better single photo. Yeah. This day and time. Yeah. There were none. There's none of that going on. So this brings Grissom and Catherine and Nick 
to the silver Volvo. And they approach the car. It belongs to Robert uh, Woodbury. They open the latch. So like the latch to the trunk. And there's a blanket. And there's kind of a, oh my goodness, is is there going to be a body underneath here? Which you're in Vegas where it's hot. And she's been missing for four days. If that's her body, you would smell that as anywhere near that vehicle. A block away. You would smell that body decomposing in the back of that it's day car. six or something seven five or six point? or yeah. something something like that and so they they lift the blanket it's golf clubs it's not her body although i guess do you think she's unconscious in the back of the car i don't know what's, what's there a, a trucker where they had the person kidnapped and they rescued them Oh yeah, they were like in the freezer, or they were cupped in the back. Yeah, yeah, like under under a bed or something. Yeah, but regardless, like it, I she's mean, not there. Actually, they'd be dead anyways, because just like you shouldn't leave your pets in your car, you shouldn't leave your kidnapping victims in your yeah, car. Yeah, in, in your the car. Las Vegas Sun. In Las Vegas Sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are not going to be alive. No, no. <laughs> so this brings us to Jim Bryce, Grissom, and Catherine with the professor. Grissom finds broken pottery, which he takes as a sign of a struggle, and this is. The only prompting the professor needs to admit that he had a amorous relationship with Paige. Like he gives it. it up so fast. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, having sex with my like barely legal student. Like she's a freshman. So she's like 18 or 19 years old. Like gross. Well, he respects Grissom for his knowledge of Henry David Thoreau. That is true. He he did wow him with that. And that, How? that's what... Is it like too on the nose for the college girl to be sleeping with her male philosophy professor? Mm. Is that not like the most yeah, like, like trope tropey version yeah, of this story? Yeah. yeah. So they they tell him like we're gonna we we have to take you downtown. You know, like you you admitted to having an affair with this student, and now said student is missing, and it looks like there was a sign of a struggle here. And he says that he'll come downtown, but he he wants to go home first and explain to his wife. So they let him do that. They're just like, yeah, sure. Go go home and talk to your wife and then meet us down at the station. This is the worst version of male privilege. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, of sure. White, especially white, white male privilege. Male privilege yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, how many times in the history? And white collar, of, like white collar, white male well, privilege. I don't, like he I just don't know like, it's really white collar in the sense that like, they think she he's probably murdered this woman, right? No, but I'm saying like but I'm saying like he Oh I mean okay. white he's collar a, in like his career. Like he has a good okay, he's yeah, not yeah, like not you know, a white collar crime, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a white collar crime, but he has a white collar job. And so yeah, he's yeah. he's given a pass that maybe like a, a truck driver wouldn't be given because they're you know, have a more blue collar career. Yeah, like no, you think you murdered this girl. You get in the back of the car, cuff you you know, no, no. Let him go home and explain, explain to his wife what's what's up. Yeah, Brass is like, oh, I understand. Because yeah, all the times get, I've cheated on my wife, and I've had to go home and tell her first yeah. before being arrested. I get you, man. I got you. I got your back. Happens all the time. Well, yeah, don't worry about we it. We arrest murder suspects all the time, and just like, yeah, that's fine. You want to cop about adultery to your wife before you face. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he so, just thinks she'll emotionally break him down, and he'll be more likely to crack. Yeah, him maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what they're they're banking on. We go to Nick processing the car. He finds blonde hairs. This brings us to Greg Sanders investigating the hairs. And they are a visual. We get a visual match to Paige's hair. And he also lets them know that they have like the skin tags on them. So they've been ripped out. So these aren't just like, you know, we all shed a crazy amount of hair every day. But these have been ripped out. 
skin tag on hair is the uh, footprints of this season. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have then Jim Brass and Grissom with the professor in interrogation. And, you know, they're kind of like talking to him about where he's been at certain times. And they let him know that a phone call came from his house to the dorm. And he was like, I've never called her from, you know, my house or my office. And we realize that his wife was at home when the phone call was made. So I feel like the everyone in that room is a little slow to come to this obvious conclusion. Yes, it definitely. Yeah, this was definitely I was like, come on, guys, you can. You can do it. You can put two and two together and and get to four. Come on. So then we go to Jim Bryson Grissom with the professor and his wife. Who they're not bringing her into the interrogation room. No, no, no. They're they're just out in the hallway. They're just out in the like the yeah on the reception desk in the reception area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know this is this 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 is all admissible in court. I'm sure. Like this is all good. So she does admit that she called Paige up. She took her for a ride, but she explains that she didn't there wasn't a struggle she didn't fight her she wanted to but she didn't that when she was getting out of the car her hair just like got caught in like the part of the seat like the part yeah. where the head rest is. when they first found the hair i remember thinking like this happens to people with longer hair all the time i had like shoulder length hair for like I've, i don't know two years of my life yeah and randomly, but my arm hair gets stuck in stuff. It's days. stuff, you yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. Like yeah. it's like it doesn't take a lot no. for a few hairs to get pulled out. And if you're pulling the hair out of like the seat, like thing that's already like keeping yeah, it taut, yeah, yeah. Yeah. then you already know what pulled the hair out. Right. Someone didn't rip hair out of your head and then cram it back yeah, into yeah, yeah, the yeah, headrest. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was kind of weirded out with the, the, the tangent they went on here. And so I'm glad it resolved in the most logical way possible. Yeah. Yeah. So Grissom then gets a phone call and this brings Grissom and Warwick to a trash compacting facility and they're led, you know, down the certain aisle and we see a blonde, a blonde headed face sticking, sticking out of the trash. This trash compacting facility just makes me realize how much plastic people are throwing away even 20 years ago. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. all you can see in all this is, is plastic. plastic. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have Grissom and Catherine with Doc Robbins. We learn that Paige was crushed post-mortem. So it wasn't the compacting that killed her. She was already dead. She died from her spleen rupturing, which was caused by blunt force trauma. But Doc Robbins is saying that he's not sure he's ever going to be able to say like what caused caused the blunt force trauma because she's been accordioned up and he has yeah. to like detangle her basically. Yeah, so he's like, I might not be able to tell you what caused the blunt force trauma. Also, like, what a well-preserved corpse for going through a trash compactor. Yeah, she looks great. Looks wonderful. So we head back to the team. They're back at the dumpster. Warwick finds blood and Nick somehow miraculously can detect the dent that is the freshest from a heavily dented dumpster. And so they find vehicle paint chips, which they just, they just know that this is from recently. Yep. It has to be. Has to be. So, I mean, there's some ways in which you could like draw that conclusion, but like not right away. No, no. And they don't explain it. They're just like, he's just like, I know that this is fresh. I'm like, okay, but And then Catherine's like, oh, there, there's some other things on the ground here. That must be the same paint. Let me pick that up. Yep, yep. So we go to 
Grissom and Nick, they are checking out the paint chips. They realize that the car was white, red, and then black. That the, the, the car had three layers of paint on it. So it had been like professionally painted at least twice from its original color. They identify Which, it as either. That? I have no idea. Like once I sort of get, I get maybe once. Like, like if I found my dream car, but it was white, I would paint that car because I hate mm. white cars. But I, I can't see myself then like a few years later being like, let me paint it again. Like the whole car. It's not like. Yeah. Not part of it. Not designs. Not. Yeah. 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 yeah like you got an accident and they had to repaint. Yeah. Yeah. That that panel because they undented it. Yeah. They're able to identify that it's either an 89 or a 90 Cherokee. And Nick lets Grissom know that he already called Jim Brass and like gave him the details. So they're going to try to find a matching car. So CSI then, magic there. Yeah. So then there's a, a walk and talk with with Warwick and Grissom. And this is where we learn that the blood from the dumpster does match Paige. So blood found in the dumpster which, matches Paige. Much kudos. I mean, I didn't know DNA technology 20 years ago was able to take week old yeah, blood and <laughs> trash that's, that's had at least seven days worth of trash dumped on top of it yep. and emptied. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nick comes up and let's go some know that the they found the car. And so the, the driver of the car is with Jim Brass. So we have then Jim Brass and Grissom with. I put expectant father because that's like the first thing that they say about him. It's that he's an he's an expecting father. I have his last name down as Doyle. Okay, so Mr. Doyle here, and we learned that he, you know, he does cut through campus sometimes, and he did it this night because he, he thought his wife was like having the baby, and he was trying to get home as quickly as he could. And he does explain that, you know, the ground was wet, and he swiped the dumpster, but that's all that happened. And he's basically like, he, he doesn't know why he's there. Like, he's kind of like, uh, like if I hit a car or something, he's, he's, I would have yeah, stopped. He's like, I, all I did was sideswipe a dumpster. So I kept going. Like it wasn't a big deal. He's being arrested for hitting a dumpster. Yeah. And so we then go to the team checking out his car and they have to admit that, you know, while he, it, he hit the dumpster, there's no evidence that he hit Paige. Like there's no blood, there's no DNA, there's no damage from hitting a person. This is where we get the title of the episode and Grissom goes on a long diatribe about oh, the yeah. chaos theory. <laughs> a little over the top. A little over the top. I was like, are you trying to fill time? Because this feels like you're trying to fill time. <laughs> I mean, we had a 25 second walk through the hall montage at the beginning. And a, that is true. And 15 seconds of Vegas. So I, yeah, yeah, so I, I think, think, I think, there, was, I think there, I think there was some time to be filled. I think, I think there's just, it just didn't get cut where it might have otherwise been cut. I will yeah. say this scene, I was laughing, especially on the second watch through. They never explained what Sarah is doing when she's spraying the car, even after they've probably, said they've already exhausted everything. Probably luminol. Yep. But they probably clearly have been shooting this scene like five times because the only place where this is, is right under where she's sitting. There's a giant puddle of water. Yeah. So she's just getting spraying. <laughs> she's just spraying. been spraying it. It's been dripping down through like 10, 20 takes. You're like, Clean and then up, Nick guys. rolls out from underneath them. They try to do that one shot. Yeah. They yeah, couldn't yeah. get the timing to get, like, get his. Yeah. Face. To have him get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't notice that. I was just like, oh, this is what, this is one of those things that happens when you just shoot an episode over and, and over, over. And yeah, over. Yeah. I mean, it can take countless takes to get especially if you're trying to time something well it can be a little dicey so we have grissom and sarah back in room 410 grissom is talking to sarah and then we have this like strange melding of Paige and sarah 
So he's technically talking. I I sort of missed this on the first watch through, and then on the, I just and then on the second one, I was like, oh, he's technically talking to Sarah this entire time, but he's envisioning her as Paige yeah. during certain parts of the conversation. But he's technically like talking it through with Sarah the entire time, but parts of it is the the actress who plays Paige, and so they're kind of walking through like, okay, but your bags are here and this and that, and then they're like you know, is anything missing? And they're like, no. And then they were like, oh, there's no trash can. A really great full circle callback here is that they show her wearing her jacket. Even though yes. in the first scene she wasn't, because yeah, yeah. their assumption would be that she would have her jacket on. Cause she right, because she was to going go. out to go to the cab, yeah. But when they showed, like, the first scene, they're, they're actually showing the reality. That's not what happened. Jack was in the bed. She went over, picked it up, put it on, and then got a phone call. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that was a really, like, that was a, one of those other things that like came back in the second watch there. I went, Oh, they did kind of do this the right way. But yeah, yeah. I, I, that seems interesting. It was weird because they didn't have both their voices the whole time. Sometimes no. they were talking at the same time. Sometimes yeah. It was, we, it was a odd. Cause yeah, sometimes it was fully page. Sometimes it was a, a mesh between page and Sarah. And then at the, the very beginning and the very end, it was just Sarah. Yeah. I think some of that might be that just the audio was hard to sync. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, I think they wanted to do a little of it, but like they, they kind of like when they did it, it had a little bit to do with the audio. Yeah. Yeah. So this prompts Grissom to go out and borrow a trash can. And he asked Sarah to like dump the trash down the chute. And this is when, again, the like door to the trash chute like bounces back, like snaps back. And so their thought is like, oh, maybe she was like Sarah was quick enough to be able to like pull the trash out oh. of the way in time. But their assumption is, well, maybe Paige wasn't fast enough and maybe she ended up dropping the entire trash barrel can down the chute, which I also had to think, is this the first time she has had to empty trash? Like, yeah, I know she's leaving in the middle of this, like in the first semester, but like. Like everyone on the floor would be used to this by now, right? You would you would be used to it. But maybe the idea is like she's she's stressed out and she's trying to do this quickly well, and she. I, I have something really interesting to say about the last flashback so i will just say that i think part of why it probably happened was i think she's kind of depressed she's kind of defeated yeah yeah, yeah. in this moment and yeah. and yeah. just gets catches her off hand yeah but yeah i, I have something i want to say i'm gonna sort it's kind of like a lo- long thing i i had to tell my partner about it afterwards like i loved it so for some reason i loved it so much like i just felt it like in my okay. course. So when they show that, I'll, I, I have okay. some, some words. And so this will come back around to and maybe reinforce why this was the time that this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a, they ask a student to like count a hundred, drop the trash can down the chute. And so the team is back outside by the dumpster. The trash can comes tumbling down the chute and lands in the dumpster. And so they're still trying to figure out, okay, like, what, what she was doing and then this is when Catherine is like oh I know what she was doing like there was no easy access to this dumpster so Catherine gets behind the dumpster and starts like climbing up to lean over from the backside from the backside and so this is where we then see the reenactment of her of Paige leaning in and then as she's leaning in Mr. Doyle comes down the alleyway nicks the dumpster and the dumpster 
slams into her and slams her into the building, rupturing her spleen. And then she falls the rest of the way into the dumpster and then lands in the trash compactor. And so I thought the look on this actress's face as she's climbing over that dumpster, I felt this in my soul. Whenever you're having a really terrible series of events in days yeah yeah yeah. there's just this point that you get to that you're like seriously like you just don't care it's like i'm just gonna be miserable and i just have such malaise yeah and i could just think like you're up there (sighs) fuck i forgot to take the trash out all right go take the trash out are you kidding me the trash went down all right i guess i'm going down cabs here i need yeah. to go it's oh, raining it's like yeah it's you know. raining and just the way she like climbed up the back of that dumpster like she had nothing really to she felt like at the moment she had nothing left to live for yeah, yeah she yeah. just wanted to get home and hopefully the next day will be better than this crappy yeah, day yeah, yeah. yeah like her boyfriend his wife is yelling at him she's being dumped she's going home she's giving up on college she probably feels like a failure right and she's just climbing back his dumpster and this poor girl this dude is just speeding home hits the dumpster freak accident cracks what a terrible way to die bleeding out in a dumpster being completely and utterly defeated in life probably not the fastest death no i don't think it, it was most likely not instantaneous yeah and then and just like i was like ah oh, just really but like she just had that look when she crawled over the dumpster like she was just she, she was already she she was already defeated and i was I, I was just like wow i felt that way before in my life a few times yeah 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 and and i was like and i was like okay you're like, I get That's a good you. job. Good yeah, job. You're like, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. And then I immediately thought, I know you only thought you hit a dumpster, but you hit something and you kept driving away and now a human being is dead. Should this guy face some kind of judge? I mean, I don't even know if it would count as manslaughter. Yeah, I don't know. There you're right. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know the legalese enough yeah. to well, confidently say alone. one way or the other. But it, yeah. it does seem odd that, like, so this brings us, this is a good segue. Leaving an accident. Yeah, this is a good segue that it brings us to Grissom and Catherine with the parents. And Grissom is letting the parents know, like, basically through a series of unfortunate happenstances. That's the father. The father your, says, the universe conspired against yeah, to us. Yeah, to kill our daughter. And... They can't accept this, at least in the moment. They can't accept it. They are like, nope, somebody is responsible. We will hire detectives. We'll do what we need to do. Grissom, again, uh, just another, and maybe Nick, you're right. Maybe this is like a reintroduction to Grissom. Grissom is like, I can't understand why they're upset. And Catherine's like, they don't have any closure. And Grissom's like, the truth is the closure. And she's like, not always. Like, that's not how it works. This is, um, they're grieving parents who want. You know, they want to have somebody responsible. They want to be able to hold somebody responsible. Yeah. And you're telling them that they, like, it. you can't. This is a great dichotomy because I think the average person would say that the parents are being reasonable. Yeah. Like, it's a reasonable thing it's to, a reasonable not, thing to, to want. want something to come of it and, I, and to try to maybe see if someone else can help them. But like, like in a purely logical standpoint, it's actually not at all reasonable. And that's where Grissom is. Grissom, that's where Grissom is stuck is. in yes. this like like facts are facts. So there's can't, a... can't get past it. But they're like human reasonable and he's like machine reasonable. So there's this whole thing in a certain segment of therapy, and it is the idea of the wise mind. And the wise mind is a 
fair combination of your emotional mind, which is like where the parents are. Yep. And your like rational thinking mind, which is where Grissom is. But the idea is that like neither side of those purely on their own are a good place to make a decision from. Yes. Like you should yeah. not purely rely on your emotions to lead to a decision and you shouldn't rely purely on rationale. There should be some combination of those two things that brings you to wise mind and a wise decision. And this is like a perfect example of like purely emotional, which makes a hundred percent sense that the parents are coming from a very, very emotional place right now. Particularly in the moment. Especially in the moment. Like this is very fresh. They just found out that their daughter died and they're mortgaging their house. And Grissom is coming from a completely logical, like, well, they have the truth. That should be enough. And it's like, sir, emotions come into play. Yeah. Like seriously, like, you, you can't understand even a little bit why they that the truth might not be enough for them. You're just telling them that like random happenstance has led to their daughter's death. And that's, you know, while it is true that that brings them no comfort and they're looking for some semblance of comfort in this moment. And you know what the difference is, is like the, the parents are on like an elastic trajectory. In other words, they've, They've moved all the way over to this emotional state due to excessive circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to come and they're, I think is the reasonable assumption is they're going to come back to earth. Yeah. yeah, Right. In other words, like five years from now, they will not be mortgaging their house to continue to pay a private investigator to keep looking into it. They will, they have gone through phases of grief and it will come to acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're in denial right now. Right. right? And which is why there are phases of grief. Right. Yeah. yeah. Grissom is, is not moving. He's no. he's going to believe this to the day he dies. Yeah, that this was that the truth should have been enough for these people. Yeah, from yeah, the yeah. moment they heard it until their last dying breath. Yeah, and 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 in that way he's set right. He's set in his in in, in his world beliefs, where his whereas the parents are normal humans who respond to the circumstances. And right, Grissom is un, situationally unaware. Right. Yep. Whereas Catherine plays that foil of, of, I mean, she's representing the audience here, but in a lot of ways she's playing the foil to Griffin. Like, I understand that you're like this, but like, you need to understand, you need right. to, even if objectively you just understand that people, humans have emotions right. and that this is an okay place for them to be right now right. Right. and let them come home. Right. right? Let yeah, them yeah, come yeah. get grounded later on. Yeah, yeah. And that's what is the most telling is Grissom, for all his intelligence and wisdom or, you know, in age and time, is that he just constantly falls into the same trap of, like, I don't understand why people are like this. Yeah. 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 You know? Yep. Whereas, like, he of all people should be able to reason that human beings are different and that he's different and that other people need to be able to, to do this. True story. Mm-hmm. Well, that ends the episode. So, Nick, what did you think about today's episode? I didn't think I was going to like it at first. And then I got to the end of the episode and I decided that I really liked it. All right. I I just thought there was something different about, I mean, I don't want to get on Grissom's chaos theory horse. That's not, <laughs> that's not my bag, but I, I, the, they they respected the truth of the episode the whole time. And on second watch through, all it did is kind of reinforce and validate it. And I thought the directing was really good in this episode. 
Um, I was kind of playing the does everyone do a thing in this episode game. Yeah. Yep. And I thought they did okay with that work. I think it was probably the short man on the, po- on the totem pole this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't have much. He like found the blood in the dumpster. He didn't, yeah. didn't do too much else. But yeah, no, I I think I like the episode. It's not like, uh, I don't think it's going to make my top three per se this season, Fair. unless unless the season is particularly bad. <laughs> but I mean, We are only two episodes in, so who knows? Yeah. It's definitely the best episode of season two so far. Okay, okay. So funny enough, this is more of a middle of the road episode for me. I think, I think maybe I'm getting a little burnt out on single storyline episodes mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god like this is the third one in a row now that it's just halfway single through story. And like, I'm like oh another single story single story i'm like give me my two crimes in one episode but i think i i enjoyed it more than i remember enjoying it and i do like that they you know they tried some new like camera techniques like shifting from the security yeah. footage to the like in-person footage and you know i like i like shows when they take risks and they try something new so i'll i'll give them kudos to you know trying quite a few different things in this episode still probably like meh ish episode for me but yeah. i i can still appreciate it yeah this is probably gonna fall in that like 70 to 80 range probably like if you ranked, yeah 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 like yeah from uh like best to worst episodes or whatever yeah, yeah. it's gonna be in like the 70 80 percentile but yeah, no, it's pretty good. I was like this episode, and I think you mentioned earlier it's a great episode for watching more than once. Yes, and it wasn't hard yeah. to watch a second time. No, which no. I think I think that's like the your for gauge. me the new like like yeah. yeah it's the new like line like yeah. if if you if I'm if I enjoy like if I have to like push myself to watch this episode a second time it is not falling in the this it, this is a good episode category. Yeah, yeah that's all. fair. All right. And so next week, we'll be back with season two, episode three, Overload. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You Colon CSI Podcast. We are also on Twitter slash X, Instagram, and threads at Who Are You CSI Pod. And you can also email us at Who Are You CSI Pod at gmail.com. And this episode will be released on January 1st, 2024. So oh, th- really? Thanks. Happy thanks New for Year. Happy New Year, guys. It's It's not the first for us at the moment, but this will be released on the first. So happy new year guys. And it is close. It is close. Happy new year's guys. Thank you for, for being there with us during 2023. And uh, we hope you continue listening throughout 2024. So otherwise we're going to talk to you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers.